everyone, it's Miranda with Advanced Design Sketching. We're going to do the live podcast today with Nick Baker. Nick, say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? So we're going to ask him a few questions about design and some stuff not about design. I'm ready. Cool with that? Yeah. All right. So let's start from the very beginning. Can okay. you tell me about your childhood, where you grew up, family life? Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in North Carolina. I have always been making things since as long as I can remember. Like, I remember going into my grandfather's wood shop and he was an architect so he had this whole wood shop he was really into building things and he'd take me in there and be like Nick you know what do you want to make do you want to make a, a boat or a car and you know I would say let's do a toy car and we'd sketch it out together and build it and I was only like two like oh he would like he would like let me use the drill press and stuff so. what so we so why did he have a wood shop he's an architect he oh an architect mm-hmm. okay neat um but yeah I mean always been making things uh, you know I was part of my engineering club in high school I took a lot of art classes cool. and yeah I, I didn't really know what industrial design was like you know my grandfather's an architect but no one ever told me like oh someone makes objects someone makes pieces of furniture someone yeah. makes the the cup you drink out of until I started looking into colleges and I just discovered this major called industrial design and it was this beautiful combination of art and engineering Mm -hmm. and it just clicked like right right then and there I just knew I saw that so high school was a lot of you said you did engineering classes and also art classes I saw that you also started Nicholas Baker design like in 2011 yes so how old were you well 2011 was when I went to college that was 19 Um, I applied to several schools. I got into SCAD and I went to, down to the Savannah College of Art and Design to study industrial design. And the I started freelancing my first year in college. My roommate was a graphic designer mm-hmm. um, or he was studying graphic design. And you know, I my when you first your first year at school, you don't you don't really get into your major classes. Mm-hmm. You're doing a lot of like foundational yeah. art classes like drawing you're taking English, art history, those kind of things. Um, so, you know, I didn't really study industrial design until my second year of college, but I still wanted to, like, get out there and start doing design. And graphic design seemed like a lower entry level of tools and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly not you like, did, easier. You mean you didn't have to, like, buy a bunch of materials? Right. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to build things in the wood shop. Um, and... Yeah, my roommate was like, hey, check out this website called 99designs, which is like this crowdfunding like graphic design website. Mm-hmm. Really bad now. Like, <laughs> like you know, like it's great if you want to learn graphic design. Um, you know, people can just buy a logo package. It's like 300 bucks for a company to just buy a logo. And then they create this brief that's like, hey, we have a car wash company that wants a car wash logo. And so, you know, a thousand designers all around the world, like designers in India and like, you know, Europe are just designing these car wash logos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I did for the whole winter break. And I did... Your freshman year? Yeah. So I got two logos that I designed. It was like my first design things I got paid for. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was your, your very first entry into the freelance world. Mm-hmm. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of expanded on there. I mean, I started doing more like logos here and there once people saw my thing or saw my portfolio 
Um, and then I got an internship, a mm-hmm. graphic design internship. Oh, cool. Uh, that first freshman summer, so. What was that like? What did you do as a graphic design intern? I was a graphic design intern at the Boy Scouts of America. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. It was uh, eye-opening for sure. It, have you ever seen Office Space, the movie? Mm-mm. It's like a, a really, like, 80s office comedy movie. And it's, oh you know, it's cubicles. There's, like, you have three bosses. They're all coming to your desk. You're like, can you turn in those reports? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not, it wasn't fun. Um, but I learned a lot. I mean, it was a good experience. I went on, like, a business trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was, it made me realize what I didn't like. Which is interesting. Okay. And what, so what don't you like? The cubicle yeah. life? Well, there was some days when I would walk into work, mm-hmm. I would go sit in my cubicle, and I'd work for eight hours and then walk out without talking to anyone. Ooh. It's very uh, lonely. All right. Yeah. What kind of work did you do there? Um, I helped them with licensing. So the Boy Scouts did like licensed products. Um, so I would do. Like I, I would I actually did a little bit of product design at Boy Scouts, so I would mm-hmm. sketch up like concepts for, you know, they were pitching to maybe some toy company like, hey, what if we did Boy Scout themed, like, adventure toys, cool. And you know, my boss would be like, hey, Nick, can you sketch some adventure toys? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I did a little bit. But do you have any of those sketches available? Can we see those someday? <laughs> you can. I don't know where they are. They're okay. long gone, but I, I I know I have them on some hard drive. Um. So I wanna I wanna take kind of a step back again. So you said your grandfather was an architect Mm -hmm. and he kind of helped influence you, um, made you a little bit more creative than maybe you would have been without that influence. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any siblings that do the same thing or do your parents do the same thing at all? Yeah, so I guess, and I don't know if if this is normal or not, but yeah, my entire family is not creative at all. Hmm. There are a lot of teachers in my family. Uh, My dad works in like sales, my mom's a teacher. My sister's a teacher, uh, but my grandfather was the only creative person, the only like architect, um, and so that was. I feel like I got that gene okay. passed down to me. So I kind of just like skipped a few people. Are are you the youngest or oldest? I am the oldest of my siblings. I have one sister. So okay, yeah. okay, all right. Do you mind if I ask like how many years apart? I've got siblings. Um, too, so. she is twenty three, two years younger. Okay, all right. So. Right, and then we'll go. Sorry, guys, I gotta. I need a list. We'll go back to internships. So you did a little bit of graphic design for mm-hmm. the Boy Scouts. Um, what about after that? Was this so? This was all during school. Yeah, yeah. I had okay. three internships during school. All, all my summers. Mm-hmm. Were they all graphic design internships? No. So the next one, I worked for Inventus, which is a small design firm in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and that was like the first industrial design internship I had, cool. and. That one was interesting because they, I didn't know CAD. Mm-hmm. I didn't know 3D modeling yet. I hadn't got into that. Oh, boy. Um, I hadn't taken any classes. All I, I think I had maybe one, I guess this was sophomore year. So I had taken like two or three industrial design classes by then. But the main part of my internship was just sketching. So I would come in and sketch for eight hours a day and go home wow. for the whole summer. So like my skills got really good over the summer. Mm-hmm. And I had some ma- amazing, like, senior designers there, like, teach me different skill sets. Mm-hmm. The main thing that I learned during that internship was I came in there learning to sketch, but I was really, I wasn't loose. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. you know, I was still like trying to get those lines perfect. And the senior designer sat me down and he was like, Nick, we gotta, we gotta sketch a ton of these. We can't like dabble around time is money, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so he would, he taught me these exercises to essentially like imply form without actually having to detail out the form. What are, could you describe Mm -hmm. the exercises a little bit? Yeah. So what he did is that he said, here's a coffee cup. I want you to sketch this in five minutes. Okay. So I said, go. And I started sketching the coffee cup in five minutes. Um, and then in the five minutes, he's like, good. All right. Here's the same coffee cup. Sketch it in two minutes. And so I did it again. <laughs> two minute coffee cup. And then he said, do a one minute coffee cup. And he said, do a 30 second coffee cup, 15 second coffee cup, oh, gosh. five second coffee cup. <laughs> and what you realize is that your five minute sketch is not any better than your 60 second sketch mm-hmm. of a coffee cup because you know 60 seconds is enough to get the the ellipses down the handle down the form down you know maybe put some contour lines on it um but that five minute sketch is just you going back in and like tweaking things and making things like just right but it actually is a to a fault because it looks even messier because mm-hmm. you you're trying sketch. to like nitpick and overdo it a little bit yeah so there was like a lot of like really subtle like unique things that you can add into a sketch to imply the form mm-hmm. um so like if, if you think about like the ellipse of a coffee cup you don't necessarily have to draw like both sides like the inside and the outside if you draw an ellipse that doesn't quite connect because mm-hmm. it's hard to draw a perfectly connecting <laughs> circle um, you kind of like imply a double lip. It's hard to it's hard mm-hmm. to show on. The, yeah, the just <laughs> you guys you know, you know what we're talking about. Um, all right, so the sketching, you said that you got a lot better at that internship. Um, what was it like in school? What were what were the classes like at SCAD? They were great. Um, I had an amazing professor, Owen Foster. He was really hard. Uh, he pushed me a lot, and uh, yeah, we had like studio classes, so. Mm-hmm. You know, each year I had a studio, um, so we had four studios, I believe, and we would just, you know, have a prompt. Sometimes they were collaborating, uh, we collaborated with companies, so I did a, mm-hmm. a studio with Umbra. Cool. Um, and then other times it was just, you know, like, design a lamp, design a toaster, maybe you had to, mm-hmm. our senior project, we got to pick what we wanted to do. Nice, me mm-hmm. too, yeah. What was your senior project? My senior project was... A set of furniture and I, I haven't if you scroll back far enough on my Instagram you can see it but mm-hmm. I've never posted it on my website um, the whole idea behind my project was well first of all I love furniture like I love houseware everyday products that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and you know I wanted to do something that I liked and I chose like an entire living room set of furniture to design but the the whole idea behind it was like, you know, you go to the to Ikea or the furniture store or wherever and you buy furniture, but furniture is designed for adults. And there's furniture designed for kids, mm-hmm. but there's not furniture designed for both adults and kids, even though in the living room, it's a family room. Like mm-hmm. the whole family gets to sit in the living room. So I was like, well, how can I design a set of furniture for the whole family? And so I designed this couch that has cushions that are kind of like puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it's all together and in the living room, it looks like a nice couch. But 
when the kids want to play, they can take the couch cushions off, and since they're puzzle pieces, they can build uh, castles and oh, like forts. Cool. So, um, so I did that, and that was like the main thing. And then I also like designed a lamp that could fit into the fort, and then a coffee table that also had like, you know, t- legs that fit into the cushions. So it all kind of fit together like mm-hmm. a system. That sounds pretty interesting. Why don't yeah. you Why don't you show that more? <laughs> well, because it I never, <laughs> I mean, I made like a little model of it. I really wanted to to design and build the entire full thing, mm-hmm. but building a full couch is uh, quite an endeavor. <laughs> yeah. How long did you have for your for your senior project? Um, so we had quarters at SCAD, okay. uh, which were ten weeks long. Um, so ten weeks for my senior project. Wow. Which is pretty quick. <laughs> I think a lot of people yeah. have like like a full year. Like they do wow. part of it in. We got in the we first got semester. one half. Of a year. So yeah, half. Yeah. It was outrageous. So yeah. We, oh my gosh, I can't imagine ten weeks. Yeah. Goodness. All right. So what? What? So I had personally a lot of failures in school. Yeah. But it was good that that happened in school because now it's not happening in you know the professional world, the mm-hmm. real world. Right. Um. What was your? What What do you think you would consider your greatest failure in school? Like that taught you a lot, but it was just like, fuck. Why did I do that? Well, I think there's a lot of times where. <laughs> I would mess up building a model, mm-hmm. um, but thankfully I always have like a backup plan. I I think uh, I, I mean I feel like it always turned out okay because I always was thinking like had a plan B, but there was times where like I I uh, I did like this lamp, and I coated it with some um, some sort of spray paint that was glossy mm-hmm. um, and then I was supposed to put a clear coat on it to make it even glossier oh, but when I sprayed the clear coat on it it reacted with the the, um, <laughs> the under underlay um, but thankfully like I had done a test piece first so I didn't like ruin the entire project um, but but yeah I mean I think there was a lot of like small failures like that um, I think maybe the way like one of the bigger things that I, I wish I would have done is taken I, I think in school you had this like broke student like mindset like mm-hmm. oh I have zero dollars and I can't spend any money on anything but I wish I would have spent maybe a little bit more on you know the tools and my projects like making like actually you know using the correct materials instead of like finding scraps in the wood shop and like hacking together and like, <laughs> like I could have saved myself so much more time like just going out and buying like the like correct a decent phone. piece yeah. of material yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think that was a thing that I learned. But did you did you work in school? You said you were like a broke college. Student. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I worked as a resident assistant, so oh, cool. so an RA. Nice. Um, in the dorms, and you know it was a job. Mm-hmm. Did it was, you, it was did nice you get job. like free dorm? Uh, I think we got prorated housing, and then we also had a salary or a, a nice. pay, hourly pay. So was that was that all you did all all four years at SCAD? Uh, did freelance too. Okay. Um, I think I did, I was an RA for like three of the years, or maybe two of the mm-hmm. years. But As a student, how successful was the freelance for you? Uh, it, I mean, <laughs> there were definitely times when I had to fire clients. Really? Uh-huh, because I just was not qualified for Oh, you were, okay, okay. Not because the client was like crazy, just because you were like, I can't. Yes. Put my hands it on wasn't the client's fault at all. Definitely my fault. Gotcha. Um, was that, were you like over-promising stuff? Maybe that's how you got yeah. these clients? Yes. I, there's one project specifically that I always think of, and there's this client. And when you're in school, it's like, 
when someone comes to you and they're like, hey, will you design something for me? You're like, yes. <laughs> I can't believe I get paid to design. Yeah, you know? right. um, and so there was this client that wanted to design baby clothes, like baby clo- like pajamas for babies. And I was like, well, sure. I mean, design's design. I can design that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so I'll, I'll give it a shot. And so in school, you learn, like, the design process, right? You, like, first step's research. Second step is sketching. Third is, like, making models. Fourth is, like, finalizing the design. And and I did those steps, and I was like, all right, first step is research. Let's do research, right? <laughs> and so I went online, and I did, like, all this market research of, like, oh, you know, Kohl's has baby clothes, and they look like this. <laughs> And then there's like Carter's and their baby clothes. And like, so I just like looked online and kind of like pulled off the top, uh, the top selling baby clothes in the market. And I put it in this nice PDF and I presented it to her. And along with like the payment, like, hey, paid me like 300 bucks. And she was like, um, I know all this stuff. This is my entire, this is what I do. <laughs> I have a business running baby clothes. I know who my competitors are. Why are you telling me this stuff? And, um, and so I quickly realized that design research isn't necessarily something you should present to a client in all cases. Sometimes it is. It depends on the project. Um, design research is for you as a designer. Mm-hmm. You go home, you do the design research as your homework, and then you come back to the client with your concepts that are backed up by the research that you've done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, when I showed her that, she was like, um, I think we should move on. You know, it was nice meeting you. Goodbye. <laughs> you know? No. So maybe she fired me. I don't know. That's rough. That's rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting started early, doing the freelance thing definitely helped me, you know, to get to where I am today. Did you have a lot of friends who would pass work on to you? Were you friends with upperclassmen? Like, no. how did you find no, no friends? <laughs> well, well, I had friends. I had friends. Um, <laughs> one, my mom. <laughs> um, That's so nice. <laughs> um... In school, I mean, there's not a lot of people that do freelance in school. I mean, occasionally you you get connected with someone, but I posted on Behance mm-hmm. a lot of my projects. So people would see my projects on Behance and contact me and say, hey, I saw your stuff on Behance. We're looking to do X design. Are you interested? So Neat. that's right. how I got connected. So it was just all like you networking online? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Would you... Would you so they would always approach you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I've never approached a client. Never, like, sought out a client. Ever? Not ever once? Ever. Oh, my gosh. I, I probably should now that I'm, like, full-time consulting mm-hmm. uh, and, like, actually start to, like, think about where I want to steer my business. But yeah, <laughs> I'm just, like, I, I feel like I just do a lot of things. And, like, that's always, like, on the bottom of the list of, like, which what client do I want to work for? Mm-hmm. It's, like, always down here. Is there... Well, now that you are doing this full-time professionally, is there, like, a dream project that you wish you could do? Even if it doesn't exist yet, even if the company doesn't exist yet, just something that you desperately want to do. Um, well, I mean, there's lots of, like, dreams and goals of what I want to design and create, but, the the like, the one product that I would, I really hope I get to design one day mm-hmm. is a mini golf course. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
think about how much fun that would be to design like 18 holes that have all these cool contraptions. Well, and I could make it really nicely designed. It could be like Scandinavian design or something. I don't know. It would, instead of like the green AstroTurf, it would right. all be like black. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool <laughs> though, right? <laughs> what would... All right, now I'm interested. What, like, do you have like uh, like a difficult hole in mind like mm, I have there's thought... always there's always like the windmill that like screws everyone right up. you have the windmill yeah I'd have to do some sort of like it, it would definitely be awesome it would be like Rube Goldberg machine you know levers oh, wow. and like you know slides have you and things. <laughs> ever played mini golf Rube Goldberg machines don't sound like they're gonna fit in very well oh well that's the thing <laughs> that's the thing right well you say that but you haven't gone to golf it's never, golf. It's never have, done it's, it's never been done what's it gonna be called Oh, I don't know. Oh, you gotta think of the name. I do. I do. We gotta start going on this. Yeah. This is great. That's a great idea. So after, after college, you had done lots of freelance in college. Um, amazingly, people were approaching you about that, which is incredible. Um, what What was it like finding like a full time job mm-hmm. outside of college? Um. So. Like I said, I was broke college student. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get like a junior level paying position straight out of school. Mm-hmm. Like graduate May, go work in June. Like that's just my mindset. Like nice. I just wanted to like get it done. Um, and I really didn't have any like industry I wanted to go into. I mean, sure, I enjoy houseware and furniture a lot, um, but I was open. I was like, I, mm-hmm. you know, if I went and designed medical stuff, I'd be happy. Um, I also didn't care about which city I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, I just said like, hey, I'll go wherever, wherever I get a job. My main thing was just, I want to make money doing design. Mm -hmm. And I applied to as many places as I possibly could. Um, Before you graduated or after graduation? No, I was applying like in March. Okay. Um, And I had some interviews here and there. I actually had an internship that I accepted, uh, but I had to turn that down because I got a full-time job in Texas. What was, what was the internship? Uh, it was going to work in Chicago for a uh, Billings Jackson, I think, which is a furniture, like, office furniture company, mm-hmm. um, which would have been a great opportunity, I'm sure, but, you know, like I said, my mindset was, like, I can't just be in debt and still be working for free, yeah. you know? I, I did three internships in college. The one internship that, uh, there was a third one that I did in New York City, uh, for a small studio doing furniture and things um, but yeah I was just like I'm done like being broke like I need to pay off my loans I need to get yeah. a, like a paying job um, and so I wasn't like that was my only two criteria design and a paycheck and I got a job in Texas working for a pet company mm-hmm. and I actually had a couple offers but I chose the pet company specifically because th- I would have been the first designer there Okay. So they hired on a design team. There was a VP of design that was looking to get an industrial designer to be a mm-hmm. part of the team. And so I saw that as a big opportunity to be like, well, if I'm the only designer, I, I have all the, the, the power to design, which is, which is awesome. Kind of scary. Was that actually how it worked out, though? Or mm-hmm. was, was it really guided by whatever marketing wanted to do? No. I hear that well, a lot. I mean... It's a little bit of, like, give and take. Mm-hmm. And also, I think, you know, it, it's up to you to really 
define what a product is. I mean, I always say the person with the pen has the power mm-hmm. because, you know, marketing can, marketing can say whatever they want. Like, marketing can be like, oh, hey, you know, next year we want three dog toys. One should be a ball, one should be a rope, one should be a Frisbee. And you're like, okay, sounds good, marketing. I'll, I'll get back to you, right? <laughs> and, and so you go back to your desk and you're like, okay, ball, rope, Frisbee. This is not right. Dogs don't need balls. They need ropes. Or, you know, I, I'm just making stuff up. But but you sit, you can sit down and you can be like, well, what if there was a ball and a rope that were the same toy? What if it was a ball on a rope? Or what if it could be a ball and then transform into a rope? And so you can, you have the power mm-hmm. to make these products however you want. Because, you know, when you come back to the marketing team, you're like, I heard what you said. I disagreed that dogs need balls and ropes. So I designed a ball rope combo. And everyone's like, whoa, never even thought about that, you know? Because, you know, market teams, marketing, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't necessarily think in abstract or creative ways. Some people do, but... There's, like, one marketing guy watching this, like, oh, this is going to be great, and he just, like, <laughs> totally crushed yeah. his dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Later, guy. So what did you do outside of work? You lived in Texas. Have, have, mm-hmm. have you ever... Had you ever been to Texas before then? Uh, I had driven through it. I've been to most of the states in the U.S., except for Alaska, Hawaii, and Wisconsin. Really? Why? Why? How? Oh, I, How have you... I just got so scared. You said you live in Wisconsin? Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, no. I can't go there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You should man. come visit sometimes. <laughs> um, cheese and beer. It's great. <laughs> that's good. I do like cheese and beer. Um, uh, but how did, you, how did you visit most of the states? When I was a kid, my family took me on a trip in the RV, and we drove around the whole U.S. Wow. How... Yeah. Was it like one summer long? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one month, which was still a long time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A month. Oh my gosh. All of those states. Yeah. And not Wisconsin. <laughs> no. <laughs> How <No>. dare you? <laughs> I'm leaving. I'll, I'll, I'll visit one day. I'll visit one day. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I never had lived in Texas before, um, but I moved to Fort Worth and worked in Arlington, uh, which is in between Fort Worth and Dallas. And yeah, I... Texas is cool. It's cheap. So perfect, perfect compliment to yeah. paying off my loans and all that. Um, I, uh, so I love design. I just can't stop design. Mm-hmm. It's all I think about. And so when I would go to work, I would design for eight hours doing dog toys and I'd come home and I would still be like, you know, itching to design more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I played around a bit. I like had the great thing about Texas again, it was cheap. So I had a wood shop like I had a like a garage that had some tools in it nice. so I could build stuff did you have roommates there like what what was oh, your no. living living situation like yeah it was like super cheap I think I paid like 800 bucks for a like two bedroom apartment wow and a wood shop which is like unheard of like what? um jeez that right out of school yeah oh my gosh were so, any of the tools given to you maybe by your grandfather yeah so my grandfather willed off his wood shop tools to me and you know it's you know i've kept them so mm-hmm. um are they here now they're not in my room no in, in new york <laughs> i had i had to store them so couldn't bring them to new york but um yeah i uh i would go home and build stuff make things i don't know just experiment mm-hmm. i think when i graduated i had gotten interested in ui ux like, I think everyone does when they're getting close to graduation. They're like, oh, no, I'm an industrial designer, but there's no industrial design jobs. There's UI, UX, though. Um, yeah, it's everywhere. So, <laughs> You so, type in product design, and that's what comes up. And you're right, like, ah. right. 
So I was trying to dabble around with that. I built like a iPhone game. You know, it was just like, I was just like nights and weekends just playing around. Um, well, what was the iPhone game? Can we get it? <laughs> uh, you could have, but it's gone now. It was like a little hiker running up a mountain. And <laughs> it was it. just, yeah, no, it was, it was. And then he, there was a bear and then you could jump over the bear. It was like really silly. Okay. Um, but I did it, which was kind of the important part of the story is like, it was something that I had always wanted to do. Like I always wanted to make an iPhone game and I never really had a chance until I, you know, had these nights and weekends to myself, which was crazy because you work four years in school and you don't have nights and weekends because you're working your projects constantly. And then you get this full-time job and you're making money and you can go home and you can, you're free. You don't have homework. You can do whatever you want. Um, so, yeah, I just was experimenting. Um, and then, of course, uh, my second year there in Texas, I just decided to start posting on Instagram every day. Mm-hmm. And that was... Why, why did you start that? I think, I mean, I specifically started it because I just wanted to motivate myself to keep doing things. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you can get a little stale sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and Texas isn't the most creative place. I mean, there's creative hubs, like Austin's really cool. Um, but, you know, it's not like New York where, like, you can call up your design friends and you can, there's 10 of you hanging out, designing, like, a block away. Um, do you do that? Do you do, like, big 10-person design meetups? Yeah, in New York with some friends. Yeah, nice. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to motivate myself to feel like I did something that day, mm-hmm. and so I think it was like twenty seventeen, January first. I just started posting. Um, didn't have to be design related; it could just be like my life. Like I posted pictures of me camping, you know, me like making things in the wood shop. Um, of course. Design is my life, so I started posting sketches and things, and it kind of grew from there. And yeah, I just stuck with it. Like that was that was the most important thing. Again, it wasn't about like the likes or the followers. It was just like accomplishing what I had set out to do, like finishing something, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I grew a huge community in that year. Uh, like th- I think I got up to like thirty thousand followers or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, which helped me connect with a lot of people across the world. Mm-hmm. What did that feel like? Was that like, no, I need to do this more. I need, I need more of this. Oh or? yes. Yes. So there is this weird snowball effect. I think, you know, I started posting for me and it was like my personal project and it still is to a big extent, but you know, as there's like this pressure of like gaining followers and there's like 5,000 people, 10,000 mm-hmm. people, it's almost like, oh, my next post has to be better than all the last posts. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I make this post even better? And so it starts to get harder and harder, and there's just, like, the snowball effect of, like, I can't let these people down either. I made a commitment to post every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I know some people say, like, posting every day is is hard at the beginning, and then it gets easier, and then, you know, it's, it's a piece of cake. Mine was, like... Hard, 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 harder, 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 and just got harder. It's, it hasn't gotten easier, never. Did it get more difficult because you felt like you needed to be a certain way to, like, make all of these followers still want to follow you and make more people want to follow you? Um, was that a big part of it, or was it still just for you to do it every day? I mean, it's still 
a lot me for me personally to like just exercise mm-hmm. I mean it is very much like exercise I see it like going to the gym right like mm-hmm. you know if you want to get great at sketching you gotta sketch every day if you want to get strong and in tone you gotta go to the gym every day mm-hmm. is there somebody who influences the sketching or is it all something that you learned in school and you're kind of sticking with that or do you look to other designers or anything like that everyone, to help you get better yeah I think well I think obviously everyone has been influenced by their peers and their mm-hmm. mentors throughout their life uh, I my pen sketching style was influenced by Leighton McDonald okay. uh, who's an awesome sketcher and he went to SCAD when I was there and I just looked up to him a lot and uh yeah, so I was inspired by his pen style. He just used ballpoint pens. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to try that. Um, the funny thing about style, I think there's a lot of kids and students that like think that copying someone's style is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like I want to, I like Reed Schlegel's like, toned paper sketches, but I don't want to copy him. Um, I think that it doesn't really matter because no matter what, we all have like different muscles. We all have different minds. Like, even if you did, even if I copied mm-hmm. his style, it would still look different. It would still be like unique to me. I notice in the um, the late night Nick that you do, which you know we'll talk about that a little more. But um, you do a lot of like smaller sketches. Is that just because of the viewport of the phone? Do you do a mm. lot of like you know bigger scale things like? using more muscles in your arm, that's just like what I learned is, yeah. you know, the bigger you go, the better it is, the more you remember. Um, that's interesting. Uh, my, my usual workflow is doing thumbnails. So yeah. very like small doodles. I mean, I have doodles like right here. Like this is like mm-hmm. my thinking sketches. Are you just more comfortable doing it a lot smaller? Are you uncomfortable doing larger scale sketches? I think the, the nice thing about doing the small sketches is that mm-hmm. it's a way for me for my mind to put an idea down and if I like the idea then I can make it big and like make a nice sketch of it mm-hmm. um, but there's no reason to sketch a big idea if the idea is gonna be bad mm-hmm. so get as many ideas as you can as quickly as you, as you can and that just means small and dirty like just get them out there and get a good idea what's the fidelity like what do you show clients now sketches mm-hmm. do you show them the little the smaller ones? No, or? no. So, you know, the the small ones are like the brain dump. Mm-hmm. Get all my ideas out. And then I'll look back at them and be like, oh, I liked, I liked, like, this one. And so I'll take this one out. I'll make it on a big piece of paper. And then that's what I present to the client. Okay. So, you know, you sketch up 100 ideas, pull out 10, mm-hmm. and then you present 10 to the client. Do you ever refine those 10? Do more ideation based on those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the next step. Kind of like so. branch off a little bit more? Um, yeah, so you would, or the way I work is, you know, you present the 10 concepts or however many, and then, you know, the client will be like, oh, I liked concept number three, I liked the the chair legs on this one, mm-hmm. uh, but I liked the top on number five, and then I'm like, okay, well, we can, we'll see if that one fits together. I mean, not all designs can be, Frankenstein together, but sometimes, you know, you can take elements and move them around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you would do another round of sketching and, and refinement. Mm-hmm. So going back to the late night, Nick, mm-hmm. uh, why did you start that? Was that after or before you got, you know, more of a following on social media? Was it just something to add to that? Yeah, so I think 
the whole second part of the Instagram story is that, you know, the first part was like, keep myself motivated, like keep myself doing something each day, mm -hmm. just like working out. Um, and then the other part was like, it's a great way to experiment and try new things. You know, I can like try building something in the wood shop and see how people enjoy it, see what people think about it, get some feedback. Um, you know, I can try doing some digital sketching. I could try like doing these conceptual chair sketches. Mm -hmm. um, and I could try new features. Like I could try InstaStory. InstaStory came out when I was maybe like a few months into my posting every day. Mm -hmm. I actually had this, this uh, thing called Nick's Tricks. And I don't know if anyone remembers it. It's, I did it like way back when I had like 5,000 followers. Mm -hmm. But I would just do an Insta story every Saturday, like maybe 10 stories of me showing off a design that I had done, mm -hmm. like a produced product. Um, and like say, oh, so this is the dog toy I made. It has these things in it. I actually wish I would have done this differently. And it was like kind of me critiquing and showing off. It's like show and tell kind of. Gotcha. Um, what, did someone ask you to do this or were you just like, people want to see my stuff. I'll show them the stuff. <laughs> it was just for me. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you want to show off your projects. Mm -hmm. I mean, you were worked really hard on them. You mm -hmm. want to tell people about them. Um, but, yeah, it was like, why don't I just try this? Like, it's fun. I know there's, like, a this new feature to Instagram called a story. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell a story. And so that's how it started. And then same thing with the live stream. It was like, oh, Instagram has a live stream. How, does, how can I use a live stream? Well, I could live sketch. Mm -hmm. seems like a perfect thing. So is this just you experimenting, mm -hmm. seeing what, what sticks, what works? Right. Awesome. So yeah, Nick's Tricks, it didn't necessarily fail, but uh, I just ran out of things that I had designed. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you know, like 10 like, episodes and then you're like, right. all right, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> Season one over, we'll come pretty back much. in 20 years. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. So how did you go from, not to like, di whatever, diverge from that, but how did you go from... Uh, Texas to New York was that how it happened you went from Texas to New York mm -hmm. yeah okay. so so I had been at Petmate for you know two and a half years or so mm -hmm. and you know I had designed like 80 products or something uh, that got produced which is a ton and was it really fast work yeah it was it was really fast-paced and a lot of times too pet products are really simple okay think about like a dog toy or a cat toy mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just like chunks of rubber, chunks of plastic. So these weren't like mind-blowing, world-changing oh, products that came out. I mean, I, I mean, maybe for the dogs that play with them, of course. But I, I thought, you know, I, I thought I added a lot of innovation and design into the products mm -hmm. because the pet industry has not been designed at all. Mm -hmm. There's no one's like really taken a deep dive and been like, why are dog toys just spheres? Like they're just chunks of rubber. But they could be so much more, you know. Mm -hmm. So I there's all all kinds of products that I did that I just added like small elements to the design to really make it better. Um, uh, like for example, I'll I'll give you one example. Um, cat toys mm -hmm. are usually just like plastic balls. Well, there's all kinds of cat toys, but there's this plastic ball mm -hmm. that cats will play with. You can find them in like PetSmart. They're it's just got, like the bell in it. Yeah, they're just really cheap and really crappy mm -hmm. and just polluting the world, right? Like, mm -hmm. whatever. Which I think is like the cat's agenda, right? Like right, they to, want to destroy the world right. and take over. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but 
I think people are always afraid of that. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to go and design CAD toys because it's just polluting the world. Mm-hmm. But that's the exact opposite way of thinking. The way I thought was like, oh, if I go design a CAD toy, I can actually maybe design a CAD toy that uses less plastic. And so I designed this like kind of loop-looking CAD toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like one single loop that went around a sphere. Um, so it was hollow. So it used a lot less plastic. And it also had a bunch of holes in it so the cat could grab onto it mm-hmm. and pick it up. And it, you could also stuff it with treats. You could put multiple balls together to make, like, you know, a, a treat ball. And you could add catnip to it. I don't know. The point of the story is, is that no matter what, that, that cat toy was going to get made. Mm-hmm. And for, if there was a designer that didn't care about design and was like, oh, whatever, sure, boss, I'll make a sphere it would have just been this plastic sphere. But now that I did it, it just had so much more value to it. Um, so that was like a lot of my thought process at the, the pet company. Mm-hmm. But like anything, like, you know, you work there and I learned a ton in my two years there, but I decided that I kind of wanted another challenge. Like I wasn't really growing as, as much as I could have at the end. And I was like, I think it's time. Were you still doing freelance while you worked at PetMe? A little bit, a little bit. So how did you go from a two-year full-time job, salary, probably benefits, you know, mm-hmm. nice apartment or home, whatever it was, to now I want to go live in New York City <laughs> and I'm just going to freelance full-time. Is that even really possible? Um, have, like, is it any secret, like, so stash somewhere? <laughs> is your mattress just full of dollars? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, so the... The one thing that really helped was the Instagram. It helped build up my confidence because mm-hmm. at, at that time, I think I had maybe 30,000 followers. I had connected with a lot of cool people up in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had said, I had interned in New York and I, I had fallen in love when I interned. Mm-hmm. And so I was itching to get back. I was like, you know what? I think New York is the place for me. And so I just quit my job. Then I called up my dad and I told him that I quit my job because <laughs> I didn't tell him before <laughs> that I was going to quit my job because I knew he would have not approved. <laughs> Um, and of course I did save up, like in my, like I was frugal and paid off all my loans in Texas and saved up a good chunk of money to move. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had that, so I had the money, I had the community that I had grown and I was just going to go for it. Packed up all my things in Texas, moved to New York and, and yeah, I just got here and I was like, I need to get a job now. Right. Like any, Mm -hmm. anyone. Um, so you didn't I, get a job before you moved? I tried. Oh my gosh. I tried. I tried really hard. The thing that's unique about New York is that people are like, you know, like, hey, I like your work. Can you come by tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, I'm in Texas. And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, talk to me when you get to New York. Oh, and just hang out the phone. Because it's very competitive here. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of options. Like, if you're not able to just come in tomorrow and interview, they're like, okay, well, I already have 20 other people that are going to come in tomorrow and interview. So you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I drove up to New York, you know, got a cheap apartment and, uh, started looking for jobs, you know, went into a few places, did nothing really stuck. Um, and in the meantime, I picked up a few freelance gigs and connected with my good friend, James Connors. And, you know, he was really crucial in my career here, like just connecting me with all of his contacts and so I'm really grateful for that, just building up that friendship and connection. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it you know it didn't start out as like a hey James give me all your give me all your clients <laughs> it started out as like hey you're a really cool guy let's be friends mm-hmm. and you know then James was like you know I like your work and you know I have a client that I think would fit well mm-hmm. um, so yeah I started doing a little freelance a little bit of freelance and uh, freelance in New York you actually go into office okay. the office in the city and work in their company mm-hmm. um, and I soon realized that freelance life is actually pretty good. Like if you are, if you price yourself correctly, and mm-hmm. um, you know you can have a really decent paycheck and have a lot more freedom to do what you want. Do you price very competitively? Like you don't, you maybe you don't get as many jobs, but you get bigger jobs. Um, so the the way I see I. There's, there's a lot of different ways to price your freelance work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I price like hourly if I go into the city. Okay. Um, you know, my hourly rate is like anywhere between 80 and 120, and it really depends on the client. Mm-hmm. It depends on if I want to work there. It depends on my time. Um, you know, some clients can't even afford that. Um, but it's also a supply and demand game, right? Like mm-hmm. now that I've grown this Instagram thing and like I'm, you know, a lot of people... Mm-hmm want to work with me I can be like well supply and demand there's a lot of demand there's only one of me and you can price accordingly I really like pricing based on the project though Um, so that's kind of where I'm trying to grow into is like being able to say or have a client come to me and be like hey I want you to design this coffee cup Mm -hmm. and instead of me saying okay this coffee cup will take me 10 hours to design and 10 times 80 is 800 bucks. I'll say this coffee cup designed by Nick Baker is worth $5,000, right? Because it's much, it has value to them. Like mm-hmm. it's designed by Nick Baker and I have, you know, my, my certain style, my experience and my way of thinking and designing that is more valuable than just my time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pricing is something that I feel like takes it's a whole like skill in itself and the great part about me starting in school was like I have built up that skill over the past six years Mm -hmm. so like being able to start my freelance career full-time now is like there's less of a a less of a jump to like going from my full-time job to freelancing full-time it's like oh this is kind of like what I was doing already but now I'm just doing it even harder where would you be if Instagram didn't exist? <laughs> Probably still in Texas. Still in Texas? Design and Pat Toys? Yep. Okay. What would you do if design didn't exist? Uh, be an astronaut. Really? Oh, yeah. we have that in common. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, all right. I need to actually like check my phone and see if there's any more. <laughs> oh, um, we talked about this a little bit, just about sketching, but you're pretty young, so... Is it the Instagram community that's gotten you this far, or is it James Connors? Is he the one to thank for all of this? Uh, the... Who do you go for, for advice, rather? I think, I mean, I'd certainly ask my friends for advice, and in terms of, like, in, in terms of how I got this far in my career, I think part of the Instagram story is that I started early, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starting now, I think you have a little bit more of a, a steeper hill to climb mm-hmm. 
just because it's a little bit more saturated. Um, but you know, I started, what, 2017 or 2016? I can't remember, but you know, I, I was one of the first guys to like start posting a lot. And so I think I kind of rode that wave. So it's a timing thing. But I also think it's, I also think I have a unique style in that I tend to like post everything about design and not just like my pen sketches or not just digital sketching. You know, I'm not really siloed. I'm like, oh, here's something I'm working on. Here's another thing I'm working on. Oh, here I'm at a school talking. And it's still, it still kind of harkens back to my original plan of like posting something. It doesn't have to be a sketch. It could just be me in life. Um, so I think there's like a personality there where I would hope. Um, so yeah. And I think the experimenting thing helped too, just trying different things mm -hmm. like the VR sketching, um, got into VR sketching last year and that seems really, uh, promising and intriguing and it stuck. So I kept with it. Um, again, was inspired by my friend Leighton McDonald because mm -hmm. he was the one doing that first. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to copy him. <laughs> like it goes back to the copying people's yeah. sketches now. Yeah. So outside of design, what are your passions? I know you say you're all 100% design, but I don't believe that. I feel like there's got to be something else. Like maybe you're just really passionate about mac and cheese. I don't know. You love, you have some plants. Oh, I do love plants. Um, specifically, I do enjoy the outdoors. So mm -hmm. I grew up camping a lot. Um, and I actually camped quite a bit in Texas. So I enjoy that. Unfortunately, I haven't done that in a while because New York isn't the best place for camping. Oh, you can't just pitch a tent in, in Central Park? <laughs> you could. Homeless <laughs> people might like try to get in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I honestly do design like 24-7. Like if I'm not, like there's no, like the hard part about freelance now is that there's no set hours. Mm -hmm. Like I just design when I need to. But the thing is, is that I feel like I need to design all the time because I'm freelance and if I'm not designing, then I'm not making any money. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, there's this, there is this weird, like conflicting thing that goes through your mind when you're on your own trying to make money. Like you don't have that consistent paycheck. So you mm -hmm. kind of feel like you always have to be working, which has been hard. It's been a hard adjustment this year. And I will say like coming up here and starting my own consultant freelance thing is has been as hard as it was in school mm -hmm. like Texas was easy like get up in the morning go to work come home easy paycheck but now it's like paycheck. it's like a hustle <laughs> like I don't know I'm, I'm like back in school hustling that's how I feel right now okay so do you have James to thank for I mean sort of helping yes. you get started yeah. a little bit do you but don't go messaging James because <laughs> Because he's yours. <laughs> well, it, and I think the whole point of it is, like, it's not about, like, trying to, like, get clients and be like, hey, you know, like, can I work for you, blah, blah, blah. It's, like, just make good connections. Be really good at what you do. Create great work. Mm -hmm. And stuff will happen. All right. Do you kind of pass on the same courtesy where James helped you get started? Um do you pass oh. work off to other people as well? Yeah, like I said, you know, supply and demand. Like if, you know, there's there's a lot of supply and I can't mm -hmm. do it, you know, I'll pass it off to someone else that 
-hmm. that I think would be a good fit for that job. Okay, cool. Sorry, I'm trying to go through the questions. Um, I guess so, you do a lot here freelance, you do a lot online. Um, are you a very curated person? Do you have like a very specific set way that you feel you need to be? And then, That's a good you question. know, when you shut social media off, I mean, it's I, like the real Nick. Are we, is, is this the real Nick right now? I think are I- Are you a robot? Is this VR? <laughs> I am a robot. No, <laughs> um, I, uh, I think I do have a bit of like, like when, when I turn the camera on, it's a little bit more extroverted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, when the camera's off, I'm a lot, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'm talking less, like just, just me being comfortable. But mm -hmm. I think when the camera's on, it's like, oh, I'm like presenting. I had that presentation mode. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think there's a little bit of that for sure. So is this the real Nick? No, this is presentation Nick. Presentation this Nick. This is me telling my story. Nick. Real Nick wouldn't be talking. Me, real Nick would just be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and yeah. that would be it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you're also on top of, you know, freelance late night, Nick, uh, the podcast designer, you're also the ADS advisor. Mm -hmm. So you help us out. Yes. Um, why did you, I actually don't really know why you took that role. Uh, Hector, you... Hector just offered it to me and I was mm -hmm. a big fan of, uh, what you guys are doing. I think it's awesome. Um, and yeah, I'm, I love giving good critiques and helping build Mm -hmm. communities so yeah thought it was a, a wonderful opportunity is that kind of why you do the the podcast and you also do late night nick is because you feel you're helping the community um i think that's the right answer <laughs> that everyone wants to hear but the real answer is that i just enjoy it okay and um i think that that has to be the core of mm -hmm. whatever you do because you can try to build something because you think it's cool or people like you or whatever it is, but if you don't just love it for what it is, then it's never gonna live. Mm -hmm. Like James and I just love talking about design. Mm -hmm. And so, so we just said, why don't we just record it and share it with people? Because it, it will be helpful to other people mm -hmm. and that's great. And I, you know, I definitely love that it does build a community. But at the core, it started because I just love like design same with the Instagram same with everything really okay we've got we're kind of coming down to the wire right now but we have I'll just go with two we've got two questions from viewers okay that was sent to us mm -hmm. um, so one <laughs> why do your chair sketches all have the same perspective that's a good question I guess a common <laughs> question uh, I sketch my chairs with a very like forced and elongated perspective like they're really wide and squatty um, it's a stylistic thing. I think, I think about car design and automotive design, how car designers will sketch the cars in like really fast and squatty ways and it looks really sweet and I just like how it looks. So, um, I think it gives it a little more character, a little bit more, uh, dyn dynamic view. So, and it's just like this one, this one view just kind of like works really well, just trying to be efficient. Yeah, I think it just it just gives it a bit more more energy, um, and the chairs themselves are just conceptual, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's not like I'm taking these chairs and taking dimensions off of them. Like the strap chair, which you guys can check out on my website, it started off as that really like squatty perspective, 
But then I made the real thing, which has normal proportions. Mm -hmm. And you can see the difference. It definitely looks less interesting with normal proportions. It looks very stable. But when you do the squatty, like, forced perspective, it just has that, like, energy, that eye-catching aspect cool. to it. We've got, it's kind of like another question that branches into a few more, but uh, what is the intent? What was the initial intent behind starting the Minor Details podcast? Um, I had started a podcast in school. Uh, with my good friend Aaron Mendoza, and it was just, again, us chatting about design, and we're mm -hmm. like, why don't we just record this and make a podcast? Um, but then we both graduated, and you know, I had always enjoyed doing the podcast. Like I said, I just love talking about design. And so when I got up to New York, you know, I thought, oh, well, there's so many great designers here. Maybe you know, I'll click with one of them, and it'll just be a good fit. The thing with the podcast is, like, especially if it's like the same two host every time you have to have that that dynamic like yin and yang and so you know I have lots of friends in New York but James kind of fit that bill so do you think that the podcast would exist or could exist without you or without James could it just be one of you would it be the same no I mean it definitely wouldn't be the same I think it could exist as some sort of like interview podcast I mean you guys are doing this interview podcast talking with different people um but, like, if it was a different person every time, it would definitely be a different type of podcast. Yeah. Instead of, like, a conversation, like, you know, the studio conversation. Because mm -hmm. that's how we kind of built it up. It's, it's like that studio-style conversation you have in school where you guys are both working on projects in the studio. It's late at night, and you're just chatting about design. And so that's kind of what the feeling we wanted to have. Okay. All right, and then we're getting down to the wire really close now, but I wanted to ask you... Um, so we recently went to the Core 77 conference. One of the talks that I attended, I don't know if you attended it or not, but Michael DiTullo did the 20-year plan. Mm -hmm. What is your 20-year plan? Oh, I don't know. What are you going to be doing in 20 years? I, I'm horrible at planning. I barely plan the next day uh, ahead. <laughs> I literally live, like, the, each day at a time, which, I don't know. I don't know if it's a, is that a pro or a con. I don't really know. Um, my plan or my goal at least in the next five years, 20 years, I have no clue. But uh, I would love to build my freelance career into more of a studio thing, kind of like I was saying earlier, like I would love to take on projects that are, are more like value-based pricing, you know, larger projects, um, as well as build my small houseware brand, Almost Object. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of a place where I can experiment and create products without anyone saying you can or can't do this. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my plan is like building out those things. Um, and yeah, if it doesn't work out, I'll just go get another mid-level job or something. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like go I'm back going... to Texas. <laughs> that may take maybe, me back. Maybe. If I need to. But. All right. Well, we're going to say goodbye for today. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for so having much. me. And thanks for fun. having us here. This is really nice as yeah. well. You've got great lighting. Thank you. <laughs> So thanks for tuning in to the Advanced Design Sketching live podcast, um, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.